It's time for the Zookeeper Roadmap Podcast, where Joseph and Sheldon teach you everything they're learning on becoming zookeepers and answer any questions any future zookeepers or marine mammal trainers have. And now, here are your hosts, Joseph and Sheldon. Hello and welcome to episode five of the Zookeeper Roadmap Podcast. I'm your host, Joseph, along with Sheldon. How's it going? And today we are going to just be talking about what type of degree is most preferred or what type of degrees you can have when working with animals and the experience. So let's fasten your seatbelts. It's time for another Zookeeper Roadmap podcast. So I'm sure a lot of you are always wondering what type of degree do you need to work with animals? Well, it really doesn't depend on the degree. It just depends on the experience that you have. Like for me, I am going for my psychology degree. So that's what I'm that's what I prefer. Sheldon, what kind of degree do you have? Oh goodness, it's been a minute. So my degree is in a bachelor's in communication and sign language. So like Joseph, I have a good point. Um, degree isn't always important. I mean college is important. It makes you marketable, but your experience um in the field, whether it's volunteering or doing other things or internships. Um, is very important, especially with the um, competitive world of the zookeeping and um, aquarium world when getting a job, because experience is going to be definitely a key factor in what they look at when they're hiring, for sure. Um, Joseph, you can talk about what you're doing first and how you're doing your experience to get a leg up in that uh, community with getting into zookeeping. Yes. So for me, I am working on getting all types of experience with animals. So I started out at my local shelter and then that fostered into volunteering with exotic animals. So I am currently volunteering at Nurtured by Nature. And if you guys are from California and know where Nurtured by Nature is, stop on by. So having that experience really helps and it make and like Sheldon said, it does make you more marketable. And it also shows that you know what you're doing when you're working with exotic animals. Um, yes, absolutely. Um most I'm probably gonna say it's probably every person I have spoken to in the zookeeping field has done at least some volunteering and internship programs somewhere. I've yet to meet someone who hasn't done it. Um, I've met a few who actually don't have college degrees um, at all or degrees, as you guys are hearing, in like animal fields like psychology or zoology or marine biology. Um, it really does come down to the experience. Um, the more experience you have, the better. Um, I, I personally really am glad that I did the internships and volunteer programs I did 
um, with Zoo Tampa and at the Florida Aquarium because it really showed me what zookeeping really was. Um, if you've never done an internship, um, let me tell you, it is a lot of work. Um, you are pretty much a zookeeper. Um, sometimes it's paid, sometimes it's not paid, but you really do see what it's like working with them, um, especially with um, tough situations like you're dealing with animals and cleaning, animal health, husbandry, working in difficult, working outside of the elements, rain or shine, morning or nighttime, overnight shifts, um, really good, good fundamentals and that are really good lifelong skills. So I highly encourage anyone, like if you've never done zookeeping or trying to get into it, definitely do an internship or volunteer program. Um, I know that's hard for some people to do. Yes, those are usually not paid and they can be very time consuming. Um, like I think I mentioned probably earlier in episodes, um, my internship required at least 30 to 40 hours a week. And that is hard for someone who's working and going to school like myself. It's a lot of work, but it really gives you an idea what you're getting into and this is something you really want to do or you don't want to do. Um, they're just really good programs and they help you network. Um, I think an important thing I'm going to go into is networking. Networking is super important in the zoological field because it's a small world. Everybody knows everybody and somebody knows somebody who knows somebody who knows you. Like there are people all over the world that know each other. Um, different um, zookeepers, different um, zoos. They literally all know each other because as you guys probably know or don't know, with the SSP, Species Survival Plan, animals are sent where they need to go for breeding recommendations and a lot of zoos network with each other to see who can have an animal for breeding or house animals for different reasons. So you need a lot of people in the field and even just my one year working in some zoos um, in Florida, I met people who know people all the way in California where Joseph's at. Lots of people who know people that work all the way in um, Dubai, France, Australia. This is hundreds of places and everyone just literally knows everybody. So the more people you know, the better, but it's also a thing you need to keep in mind. If you do something to hinder your chances of becoming a zookeeper, or you do something that leaves kind of a bad, you know, mark or bad taste, everybody knows about it. So it's one of those things where your actions affect, like what you do now affects your future. Like if there's no, no other way I could explain it. Like someone's going to know who you are somehow or hear about you because they're going to, everybody knows everyone. Everybody talks like it's, it spreads like fire, but it's, it's really cool to network. It's cool to meet people, learn new stuff, get new ideas. But also cool to see like just how small of a big world it is. Um, Joseph, you want to elaborate on that a little bit more? Cause I'm sure you definitely see some networking going on. Yes. I know there is a lot of networking in the zookeeping community. So the more people you know, the better, and the higher chances you'll have on getting into that zookeeping field. Now, a lot of the times I do get the question is, why psychology? Why am I going for psychology? Am I going for a psychology degree to help people, or am I, or what am I doing with my psychology degree? So the interesting fact about psychology is that it can be used for not only people but with animals as well when you're monitoring behavior. So Sheldon, I know that you have a associate's degree in psychology. So what things do you use from your associate's degree in psychology to help you with your field work? Yeah, well, very good question. So in psychology, uh, we do use opera conditioning a lot. 
Um, all my fellow zookeepers know this by heart probably, but if you don't know, but opera conditioning is used throughout many different training practices in the zoo and the aquarium fields. It involves pausing enforcement. Basically, it means you're associating a behavior with um, a cue or something with something positive. So at, you know, me specifically as a zookeeper, uh, my opera condition training, I pair a lot of things with my reinforcement. So for example, I take care of hippos and they definitely enjoy eating different fruits and vegetables, especially watermelon. Um, so I'm training these guys and working with them. Um, the first steps I definitely did being a new keeper was build that relationship, build that trust, and that bond. Um, by doing that, I associated myself with something cool. So every time a hippo would see me, they would see get a really cool treat, like a watermelon or an apple or a banana or a grape or something really cool or fun and positive. Then over time, I would ask for simple behaviors. I asked them to follow me, open their mouth, you know, target, different simple stuff, and they would get the reward. Um, so I've used that a lot in my career. Um, I've also done a lot of observational learning. Um, so by watching things and observing different behaviors, um, animals give off a lot of cues that we either miss or we can really pick up on. So learning those little behavior cues um, in psychology, we learn a lot about how the brain works. So me thinking on like how the animals are thinking is really important. So when you have a social group of animals, like with our lion prides, I have to think about how the group's going to operate in certain situations, like if it's hot or cold. What could happen or if this one's coming in first how's it going to affect the other ones coming in or if this one's really hungry and this is not feeling well what could happen it's you got to think of so many scenarios thinking is a big part of zookeeping is one thinking outside the box being creative on you know enrichment training uh setting up your day for success or just having a good time but when you're working with a team of people like you think how everyone thinks and you put it together how the animal thinks and you can have some really interesting scenarios that are really positive Sometimes they're always positive. Sometimes they're really, you know, stressful or tedious, but it's just really cool. Like every day, there's always some type of different challenge where you think you know everything and you never do. Um, the animals will challenge you. They'll test your patience, as I, we all know, probably. <laughs> um, when you think you made a cool plan, the animals are like, I have a different plan. It's really cool to think on why that plan didn't work or why do you think this happened? So that's some things I've been using, opera condition, just seeing how the brain does, but just doing observational learning. Uh, my communication degree, I also have that, is really helpful in communicating with the animals and the people. Um, as a keeper and an educator, when I used to be at the aquarium, I communicate with people every day. Keeper chats, um, when we do tours, when I'm talking about plans with the keepers or how we're gonna you know, move animals or do different stuff. So communication, really important degree. Psychology, as you're seeing, very important degree. Um, my sign language degree, you know, <laughs> people ask me, how does sign language help you be a zookeeper? And that also kind of ties back into communication. So uh, believe it or not, at my park where I'm at, you do get guests who are deaf, who need sign language. So I, you get to help them interpret for them and help them find different things. Um, being bilingual, knowing Spanish, German, French, any language you choose, that helps you in any field, zoo, business, um, military, like having many languages on your belt makes you marketable and helps you communicate with people. And that's that's a really good skill to have. And plus, it's really fun to have multiple languages under your belt. So that's something I've learned that no matter what degree you have, may not really matter, but they can all still help you and somehow tie in with everything. I mean, as a zookeeper, um, Joseph can probably add to this, but I work with a lot of people in different places. I work with engineers who work on 
piping for plumbing. I work with water quality. I work with vets. I have to work with um, electricians, uh, horticulture. People do landscaping, architect design people. So we work with a whole range of people who don't do zookeeping, but do work with animals in some way or another, nutritionists. There's all type of things. So really, even if you don't think your degree is important, like something you don't want, you still want to like do say a job that a degree that makes no sense in, it can still help because I guarantee it's somehow connected with it, which is what I think is really cool um, with my associates and my bachelor's degree. Because like, even though I have a ba- associates like you mentioned earlier um, in psychology and a degree in um, communication sign language, I'm still using it to this day, which is great, you know? And that's what's really important when you have your career is whatever I do, say in college, high school, whatever, should help me benefit in my career path in the future. That way your job becomes easier. You become more marketable and you really enjoy the job. You get the fulfillment side of it, you know. Um, Joseph, you can add some more to that. Uh, been rambling. <laughs> so wait, are you saying that it's a good balance to have both the degree and the experience to make you more marketable? I'm going to say personally for me, yes. I know everybody's very different. There are different opinions, but personally, in my, what I've seen, it helps to have a balance. Um, you know, everyone's always telling me, you know, live your life, enjoy it. If you want to pursue a degree, um, go for it. I mean, even if it's not in zookeeping, you still want to do this degree and do something with that, that's fine. But I really think zookeeping or any career, like having a degree, having experience volunteering or interning, whatever, just helps you out because it's a competitive world. You all know, we all, everyone's trying to get the same job. The more value, more experience you have under the belt, the more valuable you are, the more you're going to be looked at for these interviews and being chosen um, for the job. So I personally think that degree isn't always important, but it is important. Like there's a balance of it, like you mentioned. You need to have some degree because that's going to help you. It shows that you can do the work. You can complete something. But also, you need some experience doing it. Like, say, for example, I want to play football. I've worked with animals, but I've never, ever thrown a football or something or, you know, played in any games. Obviously, they're probably not going to pick me. You know, I have a degree, say, in sports, but I've never done anything with football. So it's really thinking about, like, if I have an experience of doing something, how am I going to do well with it? It's like when you're training for something, like athletes. Swimmers, you know, swim laps so they can train. Um, bodybuilders lift weights so they can get stronger and look good for the competitions. It's just like, I consider like the volunteering internships kind of like a training program. It gets you mentally ready, prepared for what's coming. And your degree is kind of like your extra push. Like this is what working hard means. That's what it means to accomplish something. Um, that's my opinion. And again, I might not agree with me or not. Everyone's different. College isn't for everybody. Trust me. I know. I've seen many of my colleagues not go through college or decide college isn't for them and it's expensive but if you find a balance that works for you and whether it's college or not college and having some experience i say go for it i mean it's tough this is 2023 it's a tough world out there i mean i don't speak for everybody but i think everyone wants a balance it's hard to find that balance but i say we find it and you got it go for it and if it ain't broke don't try to fix it (laughs) you know now I have a interesting question for you. Is uh, there no spot? <laughs> <laughs> I know, and you can ask me too. Is there any animals that have 
challenged you or that you really love working with every oh, day? Oh, every day. So I'm not supposed to pick favorites. That's the rule. But I will say Moyo, a hippo I work with, Moyo is one of my biggest challenges. I love him. He's amazing. He's one of the most challenging animals to work with because he is just so smart and challenging. Um, the cool thing about him is he knows what you want before you ask him. So he is notoriously, he's notorious for doing something before you ask it. So really great example is when we are um, doing an A to B session. That's when two trainers are sending animals back and forth. He'll look where that trainer's at. And before you even send them, he'll walk to the trainer before you send them. Now, me doing my opera conditioning, I can't reinforce him for doing it by himself if I didn't ask him to do it. So with him, I always have to keep my mind guessing and changing because I know he'll either try to do it himself or get away with it, or he'll try to, you know, work me, which is really cool. Like, I love it. He's amazing. But sometimes I'm like, he's thinking about what I'm thinking. Like, he's constantly to be aware of what he's doing, what you're doing, because he'll pick it up. Um, he's gotten to the point where I can just talk to my person. And if I even say the word ready or okay, they'll start going over there and going to the person before I even say go. It's kind of crazy. Um, one thing I noticed with the, um, with the with the lemurs I work with is that they're social, but how you fit in the social group is different. Like when you're training them, each lemur is very different in how they work with you. Building the trust is one thing, but they'll also choose like how they're going to respond to you. Um, one of our more dominant females, she can be picky. Like you can give her something and she'll try to see what you have and she'll either try to take it from you or she won't participate. Like they know, like animals are so much smarter than you give them credit for. Even ones you don't think are smart. Like our crocodile, like he's so smart. He can figure out training like nothing is it just amazes me like every day with the animals like there's always a new challenge that comes with them like even if you think you've got it they're still like oh there's something else you can learn that you don't think about her new things like new ways to train new toys new ways to set up um like their night area or trying new things um it's just there's just so much you can do i mean every day is gonna be a challenge but it's just i like to think of it as a huh I'm a trainer, but I still have a lot to learn. And these animals are showing me that I still have a lot to learn. So never too old to learn a new trip, literally. Or in Moyo's case, I don't care who you are. I'm still going to try to get away with something. And when I see Moyo, like when we do something and we do great, I reinforce him. I know it sounds crazy, but I can see in his eyes, like when he gets it, and he's like, okay, we're cool. Like he has this relaxed look in his eye. I don't know what it is. So it's, it's definitely... um. <laughs> it's definitely cool to like I like that challenge some days I don't but other days I'm like I like the challenge but also I'm like what am I gonna do now like it just keeps you on your toes and keeps you what's the word it keeps you focused and motivated um alert like you're alert and you're ready <laughs> in a way but um Joseph do you have an animal that challenge you <laughs> I mean um, besides my cat right now <laughs> that could be a way Besides my cat right now, who just tried to interrupt the episode, uh, the capybara I work with, Strawberry, he can be a challenge. Mm -hmm. especially, especially when he gets into breeding mode. 
Oh, yes, hormones. That's a thing every young zookeeper learns at an early age with hormones. I, you can't find hormones. That's one piece of advice I'm going to give y'all. You can't find hormones. <laughs> or, or especially when I'm working, or especially when I'm using a hose, I have to really monitor him and see what he's going to do. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, he's going to chew right through that hose. Yeah. As he is a giant rodent. Well, gotta chew. And that's something to think about. Like, even simple things that you don't think are going to happen can happen. Um, but the hippos, I've noticed a big thing. If something is off by just a little, like, inch, like, we have this huge scale we weigh them on once a week. We move that scale two inches. And let me tell you something. All of them noticed it, and all of them, like, acted different. They pick up on any new thing, even a tiny change. And they've been walking that scale for years. You move it two inches, they're like, what happened? The world is ending. <laughs> really? Yes. So they, um, they know, like, when you move the scale? They know when you move the scale. They know when you change the routine, um, doing things different. If you put in something different, like for our, our lemurs or other animals, we do chalk drawing sometimes. I can put a little tiny chalk line and they will all find out and investigate it. See, in the tigers, the tiny, simple little thing will draw their attention. They will look at it or it'll change their whole day. Um, another funny story, I think I might have told this before, if not. It's another. It's a funny one. Um, one of our hippos, Kita, was celebrating her sweet 16th birthday, and we made her a cool birthday card. It was a paper card, a big one, about like six feet long, and we hung it up along the habitat, and we just wanted her to have a nice birthday. Well, she saw it, and you didn't think it would scare her, but the fact that that little paper blew in the wind, you would have thought the world was ending, and it was just something so simple. It's that's what I said about like when they challenge you, like. It's things you don't think are going to happen can happen that the animals make you think about. It's just it's just crazy. And just how they act and just pick up any little new thing. It's just it's crazy. They pick up on new stuff. It's just it's just I don't know. It's just hard to explain. It's something you've got to see and experience to really understand like, oh, wow, you just you just know you don't you don't expect it. The intelligence on animals is far greater than we expect like i know a lot of people think like great apes the dolphins are really smart yeah but other animals are also really smart and they also will show you how smart they are a lot yes animals can be very smart and something i've also noticed with the animals i volunteer with is that if i change up the routine and if i'm Cleaning. If I'm starting with strawberry in the morning, because I go in at 8 a.m. in the morning, so if I start with strawberry, he'll be like, what are you doing in my habitat this early? And then, mm. and then if I'm doing his habitat later in the day, he's like, okay, this is what you normally do. So if I'm starting with strawberry, he knows. He knows how to change routine. Especially if he's, like, tired in the morning. So I'm like, okay. But, yeah. It is all about experience and networking. 
Uh, anything else you want to add? Um, I would definitely say, despite whatever you do, like I mentioned earlier, just have fun doing it. Like, even if you don't want to do college, if like you have to do college, like make it your own choice. Make it a choice for you, not like a you have to do it because someone told you. Like, make it a choice. Like, this is what I want to do. Like, that's my big thing is just do what you like to do. Obviously, make sure it's legal. But if it's something like, I want to go to college or I want to do zookeeping or I want to be a police officer or something. Like, do it. Like, go for it. I don't, like, don't, don't let someone tell you what to do because you want to do it. Do it because you want to do it. I mean, especially in this age when you're, yeah. This is something like, that's all I'm going to say. Like, just do what you want to do. Make it your own choice. Make it your life. That makes sense. Anything you like to add, my young man? No, not that I can think of. I think we hit all the bases. Absolutely. Well, listeners, we thank you for joining us. And yeah. hopefully we'll have some more guests at some point in the future. If you guys have any questions, feel free to reach out to us about zookeeping or just career status. Again, we're not experts, but we're all pretty much in the same boat. We're all going the same journey. I mean, get to ask, the end of the tunnel. We can even ask people that we work with and people that we know for their mm -hmm. advice and see what advice they can give. Because we are working with people that have more years of experience than we do. So, Way more years. <laughs> so yes, if you guys have any questions, definitely feel free to shoot us a message on email, Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat. We don't have TikTok. <laughs> I mean, that could be something we discuss in the future. Question mark? <laughs> I'm just kidding. Yes. Leave us uh, any leave us any questions and we'll be happy to answer. Oh yeah, you can even text our podcast number. Absolutely. And we'll see you guys on the next podcast to come. Take care, guys. We thank you for joining us. And if you guys want any more tips or tricks or just want to have any questions answered on how to become zookeepers, you can call or text our number. That is 407-900-5309. You can even give us a like on Facebook. That is facebook.com forward slash zookeeper roadmap podcast. You can even follow us on Instagram. That is zookeeper underscore roadmap underscore podcast or you can follow us on twitter at zrmp underscore podcast also don't forget to subscribe to us on itunes to stay up to date with tips on how to become zookeepers and subscribe to us on youtube that is youtube.com forward slash zookeeper roadmap podcast that's all one word and from all of us here on the Zookeeper Roadmap Podcast team, we thank you for joining us and hope you join us for the next amazing podcast to come. See you guys next time.
Thanks for joining us. Stay tuned for more tips and tricks on how to become zookeepers with Joseph and Sheldon. See you guys next time.